black and powerful, yes I am. Black and powerful, yes I am. Black and white world like Jefferson's. Black and white world, the rifleman. Black and white world, Batman. Black and white world, Pat Masterson. Black and white world, black and white world, black and powerful, yes I am. Hello world, I know I love me. I hope you hear me before you judge me. Hope you know me before you trust me and see my beauties before my uglies. I'm black and proud, just like Penny. Love is plenty and doubt is empty. Alexander, who never played me, always late, but always great. Welcome, welcome to the Simply King Podcast. Welcome back, everyone who's been listening so, 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 so faithfully. Um, I'm back off of hiatus. Um, hope everyone had a great, great holiday. And um, I wanted to kind of, you know, come into this one and have a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a very long time about something that I've noticed throughout this year. And it's been hell of a damn year. 2016 is, is it's like the personification. If the year was a person, it would be the personification of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? It would be like, woo. It's just the energy, not even just, you know, so many people dying, so many bad things happening, but it's the energy as well. It's so many just very strange vibes happening in this year. So um, I thought I, to highlight something that's positive. I told you I'm going to keep bringing you positivity in the time of, you know, very, very weird and strange and negative things happening all around us. It's good to just highlight what's great and what's positive about what's happening. What's happening, what's happening. There's a spike, and I spoke about this in um, previous podcast about you know how like there's so many you know people of color like sweeping the Grammys and and now also people of color sweeping the Golden Globe nominations and and presumably probably going to get a lot of within the Oscars as well, but a lot of in Emmys too. So I wanted to come in and talk about talk about television and film and really just have this discourse about you know the uh, the upper and underlings of all these different things and so I thought to bring in a great great gentleman that I met several months months ago who uh, Lily our first conversation was about Atlanta it was like probably like two or three days about before it came out I mean after it came out and uh, we were just discussing it really linked on like a you know bro, brothers from Georgia went to school you know everyone knows I went to school in Atlanta so he was like oh, what do you think because <laughs> everybody was talking about the show so if everyone would love 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 everyone welcome Ian Williams to my show how's it going how's it going it's going Glad to be here Thank yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah so just a little background for Ian for everyone who's listening about Ian you know what how about you tell everyone you know what's your background and what's your whole why does, I guess, TV and film matter to you? All right. Um, so you mentioned a little bit. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, to be specific. Mm-hmm. Perry, uh, Marietta Powder Springs area, for those that are in the know. Um, I moved to Chicago in 2008 uh, to come to, to school, University of Chicago. Um, thought I was going to be a, an English major. Really? Thought I was going to be an English major. Wanted to write. Um, it was the best thing that I did at the time in terms of academics. Mm-hmm. And I realized I did not want to be a teacher or professor or anything like that um, and I found my way into a film major mm. um, which we have is called cinema media studies there um, it's not the most practical major mm-hmm. it's a lot based on theory and criticism and um, breaking down analysis of films I just kind of really fell in love with that process um, so now everything I watch I kind of have that eye towards but on a more creative side I've always see myself as a creative person and have a lot of ambitions in terms of making film and writing and 
doing my own shows and music and etc. I think we may have talked about course, this when we first met, but basically Donald Glover has the life that you know that I want to live. Like I don't need to be him, but he's doing all the things that I want to be. Surprisingly, right? Yeah. So many similarities too. But um, you are, you actually do improv as well, which I believe is one of the dopest dopest things to be into okay. and to commit yourself to. Um, how was like? How did you find yourself in today? Improv. Um, it's funny. So the super like small world story. Uh, improv in the way that it exists today, especially Second City mm-hmm. style improv, was created at the University of Chicago. Damn, I did not know that. So off off campus is the major group that mm-hmm. is there now. But yeah, um, uh, a lot of the original founders came came out of U- University of Chicago. Um, that's not where I got my start though. Mm. I didn't start in college. I did. I lived with a, a roommate where we had similar sense of humor, and she was like, "Hey, let's take these classes. Let's check it out." It's maybe three, almost four years ago now. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we signed up for a class, level A, Second City, and I was like, "This makes so much sense for the person that I am. I don't mm-hmm. know why I haven't been doing this." Yep. Um, and so I just followed it. She, she eventually, like, she did what she wanted. She fell off. She did some other things, had some other passions. But I was like, this, even if I don't make anything out of it, it's made me a better person yeah. just from taking a few classes and Learn so seeing much. how to engage. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Just to uh, get into the nitty and the gritty, let's talk, let's first talk about young, the young two, the television of now. Mm-hmm. What are you watching? What's what's the name? Tell me what are your, some of your favorite shows as of now? Um, favorite shows as not Atlanta was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree for so many different reasons that we we had talked about. Hopefully we can get into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, plan on it? I liked Insecure. I wasn't sure how to feel about it after the pilot, but mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Um, and it's an important show to be on TV. I feel like especially on HBO, especially considering on HBO. the audiences that we have. Um, I just I'm not done with Westworld I'm like th- I got 30 more minutes of the finale oh, really? to watch it started slow mm-hmm. and I was like I kind of don't like this mm-hmm. I don't get the hype and then it, it picked up and it's it's interesting now I'll, I'll say that much okay but those are the most recent ones that I've seen so let's let's start with what you've seen and then we can talk about you know in terms uh, of TV there's yeah. movies and stuff that I've seen. And, and, and we can talk about uh, other things that's getting a lot of attention um, but first with Atlanta, mm-hmm. I um, I was really excited about this all the way when they first started releasing, you know, little uh, little teasers yeah. and real creative little situations, you know. Um, it made me even, like, look up what the hell the song was that was being played, little Tame Impala, mm-hmm. a song which was so, it's just so good, such a good song, um, which I definitely suggest everybody check out their group. They're pretty damn dope. Um, and just seeing, like, the creative just... Look of it, and it was the tone of it mm-hmm. that the I liked. Colors too. on the shirt, like the, yes, the way whoever, the color correction, whoever like the colorist shadows, was, yeah. they oh. made if they made me feel like, damn, this is this is like the mm-hmm. warmth that I need. I needed to look this kind of you know muted, you know, but still warm in color. In some places, super saturated. Yes, like, and I was like, I like this, yeah. and you know, and it's dark in places, and it's light when it needs to be. You know, I like that because. It just was. It was gave the look and the tone of if I had to like see or take fan like you know take a picture of just what Atlanta looks like to mm-hmm. me. That's the tone I would have chose. Um, the diversity of the characters was very interesting to me too. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, you had a very uh, 
very nerdy, you know, guy of, you know, Donald Glover's character, um, who is related to someone who is, you know, quote unquote, very gangster, mm-hmm. you know, in the streets, I guess. Uh, surprisingly, in terms of the character of that, that pilot episode. Mm-hmm is the more successful person. Exactly. The gangster, drug dealer, yep. blah, 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 has his life more in order yep. than the geeky nerd mm-hmm. who's, you know, basically raising a child with someone he's not married to. Exactly. That was like a very interesting contrast. It, it, and I feel like it showed some true, true reality. And I feel like the whole show shows uh, it's a reality, it's a, rea- a true reality show, I believe. And, um... And like just even with the third, uh, the third character being this very uh, kind of like strange but quiet, almost kind of sage of sorts. Like every time he said something, it was always something significant. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, reason being why he was so quiet is because most of the time he was high as hell and whatever, whatever, whatever. But it was like you could tell he was always thinking, always, you know, just in another world or always thinking past the thing. And it was just three different types of blackness that I'm glad that they showed. Yeah. They didn't show that these people had a connection because they were similar. Yeah. They had a connection because of kind of like this commonality that they were going for. They all wanted to, you know, make money. You all wanted to, you know, make it. Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful thing to literally see that because in Atlanta, especially Atlanta, I know that's exactly how it is. It's more than one type of blackness. And it, Atlanta is seen from the outside if you've never been there as a very, you know, black place mm-hmm. where, you know... Here's one type of... Like yeah, you either got love and hip hop, or you got you know real housewives, and all of them still yelling at each other. Yeah. You know, it's like this is how this looks. Um, well, in, in actuality, it's so many more layers. It's so many. It's so much diversity mm-hmm. within just the city alone, um, which is so different. To me, so many different vibes and groups. Like, what did you think initially with the with the with the pilot, and just after just watching the rest of the rest of the series? I thought you know the pilot was like, okay, this is such a solid episode you get mm-hmm. to see the various sides of all three of the main characters exactly like darius almost seems like an oracle at delphi in a way mm-hmm. where he's constantly just saying these off the wall phrases that become true yep. um, by the end of the episode um, e is this very relatable like smart dude that clearly has some weird backstory because he he was in the ivy league school and then now he's not mm-hmm. and he's jobless with a kid not married and his parents don't respect him. Mm-hmm. They kicked him out of the house. He's like, well, how did that happen? How do you go from, you know, where you're supposed to go, mm-hmm. right? If you work hard in high school, if you do the right things, Ivy League's the best, quote unquote, the best place you can go. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't guarantee success. Exactly. It's like what that said in his character statement in one episode. Uh, and then you have what you're not supposed to do, that foil for him in, in Brian Tyree Henry's character. Uh, Paperboy, and you see this sense of like, all right, well, he's not doing what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. He shoots a dude and ends up in jail. He's rapping about actual drugs he's selling, which mm-hmm. is dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. you can get caught up. Bobby Schmurder knows a little bit about that. Of course. Right. But at the same time, you see him, his song starts to buzz. He sees kids singing his song, mm-hmm. and he realizes, like, wow, I have much more of an impact than I realize. And he tries to do the right thing tries to tell you know it's not cool to have guns and don't shoot each other and all that type of stuff that you see and i don't think we ever associate those possibilities with the static stereotypes of what was set up in the beginning very true um so that was really interesting to to put that all in in that first episode it was a lot yeah it was a lot and i think it was so many layers within it um 
I'm glad they made the attitudes of the kind of like very small characters within the show very big to me. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, y'all were that, you know. All the way from I remember um, the episode where you have, um, I think Earl took um, Vanessa on a um, was it Vanessa? Uh, I think that's her name. Yeah, yeah. Van. That's called, Van. They, called Van. they call her Van. Yeah. And he took Van out on a date. Bro was like hella broke. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? He only had like they a little bit. They keep upselling her. Yeah, they, they keep upselling her. He kind of like, damn, I don't know how I'm going to make this happen, but I'm about to just, you know, figure something out. On top of the part that really kind of got me was the fact that it was this homeless man who was like <laughs> essentially managing a parking lot that mm-hmm. was not his, you know, responsibility to manage. And he was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to just park somewhere else. <laughs> and, you know, like after this whole, you know, si- you know, situation with them in the restaurant, he's like, it was another man, like in a damn suit. Like, oh, hey, they about to tell you cop. Like, like just the, the fact that it was this, they featured that person. The fact they featured the, uh, the guy who's like extremely into social media and does, has all these mm-hmm. like slash things that he does. He's. He's on YouTube. He's big on Instagram. He's posting everything. He's yeah. selling shirts. He's putting his face on everything. He's trying to find a way to, you know, be the next hot sensation. I'm like, damn, that person really exists. Yeah, and the thing that I think it did really well, which I'm sure made some people uncomfortable, but was used uh, people not black using the N-word like it was cool, mm-hmm. which happens in Atlanta a lot. And I know a lot of people that are given passes in the way those characters i presume have been given passes by the mm-hmm. black people in their lives and it's like hey that doesn't feel good that that white guy's saying it in front of me because he thinks i'm the nerdy like pushover black dude but in front of this janitor who he thinks probably might whoop his ass etc cetera, etc cetera, he's never gonna say it exactly right so uh, then when uh, Aaron goes up to the guys like, "Hey, does he ever say nigga around you?" And he's like, "You know, no." <laughs> <laughs> Have a mop of his ass real and, quick. Yeah, that for me was like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I feel like Donald Glover gets, in terms of other stuff that he does, gets graded on a harder scale, mm-hmm. um, especially in terms of music and things like that. For some reason, people think he's not relatable or he's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Or that style of blackness that blackness he's representing doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But I call bullshit basically like. I connect with him so much. One, he's from Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta, but we had a different experience. I didn't grow up in the city per se, I grew up in the suburbs, which most people from Atlanta don't actually grow up downtown, as exactly. you know. Exactly. Everyone lives in, in the surrounding communities. Exactly. So I had that experience that he's talking about. And mm-hmm. if I had it and he had it, there's gotta be thousands of us that had it. We just don't get to talk about it. Exactly. This is not cool. Exactly. Or that's not what black people have to deal with. And that's, and that's not what, uh, I feel like we were real big on kind of like just going with the flow or going with, you know, what seems like the cooler thing to be mm-hmm. associated with. You know, that's why so many people uh, associate themselves with, you know, whatever that neighboring place is. Like, still to this day, anytime I tell people all the time, I'm from Tennessee, I'm from Tennessee. And I tell them I'm from Jackson, Tennessee. I might tell, I literally say it like that. Yeah. Then they'll speak to someone about me or try to bring me to the conversation. It's like, oh, well, Rodney's from Memphis. So, hey, he could probably talk about yeah. this. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm not from Memphis. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally 45 minutes away. So, it's truly a different place. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always, always, always have done that. Even, this is done it to everyone. And it's like, I've always been big on like, no, I want you to understand this is a part of my identity because I want you to assume 
just because I'm, you know, you thought I was from Memphis, you can like say this thing and, and I'm gonna just immediately connect yeah. with you. Yeah, been there, been there a hundred times, of course, been oh, there a yeah. million times, but shop, everything, but my upbringing is really different compared to anyone who's ever like grown up, yeah. lived in the, you know, the urban, urban parts of Memphis and lived their life there. I can't compare myself to them yeah. fully today. All we can really have in common is that we were in Tennessee. Right. So, I mean, if, even if you were from Memphis, is one yeah. of the things I really like about the show. It's mm-hmm. like, even if you're from Atlanta and you see this show, you don't necessarily have to agree with the experiences. Exactly. But there are commonalities, like you said, that exactly. are, are very true and how the show represents it. So. Yeah. And, and I think last last two things I would say is my one of my favorite moments is how I knew that the show really... No, I can't even, It's really three. <laughs> yeah. I can't even, It's so many. But when I knew that the show was on to something was uh was this the i think this was actually like because they released what the first two yeah they did the first two episodes and i feel like this is in the second one earl is uh still in jail and they uh his cousin and they had went to go get wings yeah we and, talked about this yeah, and he yeah. find out yeah we, he finds out <laughs> he finds out about you know uh the guy who's like serving him who's an actor i, I, I recognize he, i think he was in uh queen sugar as well the actor who like came and like was like don't let me down mm-hmm. don't fuck up yeah you know we looking at you and he was like you know i went ahead and hooked you guys up got ranch blue cheese everything right up in there <laughs> they open it up and notice it's the lemon pepper wet lemon you know what i'm saying wet and i was like oh my <laughs> god that is so with the cool. bright light shooting out the yes box. <laughs> because that is like ah uh, because i i i immediately connected with that because i've been to like american delis and jr crickets you know, anyone from Atlanta is definitely going to know what I'm talking about. Anyone who hasn't been to Atlanta but going, definitely check those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, like, some people were really hooking you up with that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a thing. Yeah. Like, it was almost like you just got blessed by the chef type of thing. Pretty much. Because you can maybe ask for it and they'll be looking at you like... What is the... Like, what is that? Why? We're going to have to charge you extra for more sauce or something. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know what? Here I it fuck is. it. I, I don't even you. want it then. Yeah. Because you, you, it all depends. So, when you finally get a person who... Whoever's taking your order understands this is what you want. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you're asking for. Oh, okay, we got you. We'll hook you up. And I feel like wing spots in Atlanta are so important. Like mm, the well-known ones are good, but like I'm thinking of the one uh, downtown Powder Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Macklin Wings. If mm-hmm. it's still there, mm-hmm. it's just a place that people always talk about. Exactly. There's little little offshoots and stuff like that. So like mm-hmm. thing about this show that really struck me is like. It wasn't exactly no no one experience was mine like nothing I could point to be like that was me mm-hmm. like, I didn't really fully identify with any of the characters on the show exactly what I did identify with was feeling like that's a life I could have lived yep. very easily if I'd taken a few other different choices yeah or that that's the life that like all of the people my peers like high school elementary school are living versions of now that never left Atlanta. Like, exactly. This is the adulthood they got to grow up into. Like, exactly. I can see that being a thing. And, and it's it's interesting to me, like the claim that it got. You know, I'm glad it got a lot. I, I definitely remember having conversations with individuals about you know the show and them having their own criticisms about it. And um, and essentially, what because they, they felt a certain type of way about it. And I told them, I felt like people put too high of expectations on certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's a real, real big part of, you know, when these types of shows come out is that we expect, oh, this guy's about to make the thing for me. Yeah. And no work is ever that subjective. It's impossible. It's impossible. He would have to know who you are. He, he would doesn't. have to. He would have to. And I think that's why I've 
seen so many people who thought it was going to be one way yeah. and it wasn't. And to me, it's like I didn't set that expectation that high. Mm-hmm. My expectation, not I wouldn't even say it was low, but it was. I was just ready to receive whatever see, it was. Yeah, see what he does, and then place my you know criticisms mm-hmm. based off that. Um, what do you feel about uh, the finale? How it finally ended in that last oh, yeah. scene? I was wondering if you were gonna you know, get to that. Yeah, no, I had ended, had at least in the Atlanta piece. Yeah. on that because it was very, 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 very like striking. Um, I thought it was a very well done reveal, mm-hmm. considering the way the show was written. Mm-hmm. It's something like it answered a question that you never thought to ask. It's like, who? TV shows really don't take time to show you like where someone rests. Yes, really, and you never really think about like whose house this is. Mm-hmm. I thought the way, the way that whole episode sort of built itself up with him waking up in someone else's house mm-hmm. and being kicked out, and the, the cliche phrase like "we ain't friends," but like. To, to bring back that character of like here's the, the guy from Atlanta that I was just randomly at his party yep. and you're like why the hell is his jacket so important like take your ass home he's working so he paid $10 to get into a strip club to find out his jacket wasn't in there all this other stuff and then you got the you know the, the song by Outkast playing you got him walking down the street like it looks like a, a warm spring or summer day because he's not wearing a jacket or anything. I'm like, I've done that before. I've been mm-hmm. walking around. Even if it's just my neighborhood. And then the reveal of, what the hell is he going to the story unit? Oh, this is where he sleeps. Yeah. And it was kind of everything in that episode kind of washed back while that song was playing. And you see you know, the lights fade out. And he's going to sleep. Like He's trying to get it together. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get it together. And he really doesn't want to be dependent on anyone else in the way that you've thought he's needed to be the whole season exactly he's dependent on his parents he's Mm -hmm. dependent on paperboy he's dependent on van dependent on darius with that whole like (laughs) yeah we're like take the money buy this phone make me some more money but at the end of the day he's still his own man Mm -hmm. and he's making the choice even though it doesn't have to exactly to live because literally you can stay here yeah Mm -hmm. which is like it gives you more like okay this is not your there's more to this guy like there's clearly something about that choice that probably ties into his past with whatever happened in college yeah, and, and all those things he had yeah. in there it was able to close the door on a season and open up like a thousand questions at it the did. same time it did and just like him like filling with the money yeah and just being cause right yeah he just got a huge payday yeah. you'd think he'd maybe go stay in a hotel at mm-hmm. least but nah he went and stayed in the storage unit which is illegal <laughs> by the way for those mm-hmm. that don't know <laughs> you, you can't so like yeah. my little homeless uh, got my homeless skills up you yeah. know <laughs> you cannot do this it's actually in a lot of the contracts mm-hmm. um, that you'll have to sign when you do those things so mm-hmm. it was just really interesting yeah and, and it, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful beautiful show yeah. I really I really enjoyed it I really uh, look forward to what's happening this man has had an incredible year yeah you know putting out that show and just kind of like coming really, really strong. I think he had a child this year. He put out a beautiful, beautiful album. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing really. He's, he's doing, about to be Lando Calrissian soon. Yeah, yeah, and that is so crazy to me. <laughs> like, that is so crazy. I was like, I remember when he first did it, and they like had like the you know the had he had he was growing the mustache yeah. and everything. I was like, damn, they might have got it right there. Yeah. They might have did that yeah. one. Oh, they did something with this one. This is this is gonna be spot on. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just got hyped just because just to see that you know uh, the Disney and uh, Lucasfilm or the new owners of mm-hmm. Lucasfilm 
are using that machine to yeah. actually produce, you know, some quality work. They're doing them well too. Yeah, they, they really are. They really are. But we're gonna get to we're gonna yeah. get to those yeah. to uh, go to insecure, like yeah. you spoke about. And um, personally, I I kind of had very very high hopes on this one. I definitely mm-hmm. had high expectations on this one, really, just because of uh, the way that she was going about marketing. I feel like you know when you market something in such a way, it was like. Kind of like when you market heavy, I feel like they either know this either going to be like one of them sleepers mm-hmm. or it's going to be one of them things that, you know, you might like, you might like, you might not like it. Um, so I was like, damn, she really going heavy with this. But I feel like she going heavy because this is how she gets down. You know, yeah. I didn't see it as like, I remember when, you know, marketing for like a movie like Ouija was done on fucking everything. You've seen billboards. They had a Snapchat filter. It was like. This literally told me, oh, this movie's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really trying yeah. to make people come and see <laughs> yeah. this. For her, it was like everything I've seen, it actually made me even more excited. Like, damn, I kind of want to see this. I mm-hmm. really want to see this now. They did the early release for the pilot. Too. Yes, they did. And um, luckily, I you know, I, I had the young HBO, so I was seeing it like a week before everybody else. So I was so, so excited. And um, the show itself was very, 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 very dope. And... Um, um, my, one of my best friends uh, who lives in L.A., literally me and him talked about it, and we were just sitting there just having a lo- the longest conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, how, like, authentic it was. Because he's from, he's from L.A. Okay. And he's, like, he's always within these areas, you know, he still lives within these areas, you know, forever going to Lamont Park and just all throughout the South Central and all these different places. And he was just, like, literally, while he was on the phone, he was talking about, he was like, bro, I just walked past this spot, walked past that spot. All this was on the show. Like, her B-roll mm-hmm. within this is, like, so, so real. The Dunes mm-hmm. is a real-ass place that people, real-ass people live in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's just that. And also the language that she used throughout. Uh-huh. You know? We got the pie from Piehole. And, you know, them talking about this club and this spot and this spot. All these places were real places within South Central. And um, it just showed even more authenticity mm-hmm. to what she wanted to do. But tell me, what were your... Uh, Cause I remember, you said, I remember when we first spoke about it, how you said you already had a few, you know, like, let me, I'm going to have to check this out. I don't know how I feel about yeah. it. Let me know exactly after watching the whole season, how you feel about uh, Insecure and how you, I guess your opinion may have changed. Uh, yeah, my opinion definitely changed. Like I'm incredibly interested in what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to say like, even as I guess intelligent as I think I am, I had to Google what the hell happened on the finale. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? I don't. I did not understand the it sequence. Was, it, it was weird, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the same way. BuzzFeed and Black Twitter helped me out. Always. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I get this. But uh, I thought it was just an incredible representation of, like, true things. Like, I actually professionally have worked uh, for similar nonprofits mm-hmm. since I graduated. So the whole, like, being being the voice of the students that you're serving and trying to be, like there for them in a way that's going to uplift and not just marginalize them with stuff you think they would want to do or you think they need or would be most comfortable right Mm -hmm. let's take them to an african-american art museum because they're black okay cool they'll get it they'll see the connection but like let's give them other things they can engage with a world that's larger than themselves exactly um, while they should still see themselves in the things they do so i thought that was really a funny thing like a funny job to give her character Mm -hmm. in a way to provide access to all the other 
things that were going on in the show, like her wanting to cheat and her best friend being a lawyer, which I'm, I love that they made that choice. Mm-hmm. And it, it could have easily felt he- heavy-handed, like, mm-hmm. gonna make this black woman a high-powered lawyer mm-hmm. because you don't see that on TV. Exactly. It's the obvious thing. Like, that's mm-hmm. what they did, but it didn't feel like, oh, here, by the way, I'm gonna crush patriarchy, I'm gonna crush, you know, white majority, whatever. By doing this, it was just like, no, this is a common thing, mm-hmm. which I love about making statements like that because the more normal we can make it the more normal we'll see it mm-hmm. in regular life the more like oh my gosh she's a lawyer you have to work so hard you'll never get there you make it it'll stay the same mm-hmm. you know you'll see one or two or fortunately you'll see like clarence thomas level people that are living in this zone mm-hmm. because of representation they really feel like i'm better than everybody else exactly and no one can no one can join me on this trip but mm-hmm. the way that the show was set up was like High-powered lawyer, friends with someone that works at pretty a small potatoes nonprofit, exactly, and their best friends. Like yep. that in and of itself, we talk about like classism amongst races and, and, and cultures, which is a big thing. It's a big thing. Says a lot. Like we can, we should be able to bridge more gaps than we're creating by pushing ourselves up. So because you had the full thing, like her yeah. apartment was dope. She had a fucking expensive ass dog I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've checked prices on dogs like that yeah. I want one yeah. and it's ridiculous and it, 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 I've like even like listened to a lot of you know recap podcasts about the show um, and just read so many different things and just even little small things that they brought out was like you know how the how the teacher of the school that she was connecting with the class that she was working with was a male Asian man yeah. that you don't, you don't see. see you don't see you know a yeah. lot of male teachers and especially you know male teachers of different races. I thought she made a lot of intentional choices with how she cast um, people that weren't black. Yes. um, In a way that makes them shine, but also like shines a light on how the world could be. Mm -hmm. Um, And is at the same time. Like I'm sure there are Asian male teachers that teach at predominantly, you know, black or Latino schools. Of course. And I'm sure there aren't. Right. And so why, why show us what we think we're supposed to see, which is like, the black female teacher struggling to get her class under control. Exactly. Why show us that? We already we already have that narrative mm-hmm. from living life and from what we think. Show us what does exist that we don't always expect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I love the connections that they made with them. Connections with the with the audience as well through through irony. And it's it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful depiction. And I loved uh the viewpoint, like after reading, seeing the whole season, and coming out and seeing what Issa Rae has, you know, said what her intentions were with the finale and all these different things, I love to hear how she was, you know, so willing to sacrifice herself to not seem as the, you know, like this this show is gonna wrap up and it's gonna end up me being, you know, starting to feel a little less insecure. It's mm-hmm. like nah, it's gonna it's, build it. It's gonna build. It's gonna build. It's gonna build because that's not something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. And there's things that happen in life that always kind of like make you reflect back on those mm-hmm. feelings make you like yeah. look at yourself and I, I really appreciate it honestly like it's f- considering it's a show um with the two main characters are black women mm-hmm. who are dealing with relationship issues um and both of them are heterosexual so mm-hmm. it's dealing with mostly black men um because that's their preference it doesn't demonize that relationship structure exactly in a way that other shows can't like oh it's two black people they're gonna have these problems they have problems but it's not like oh he's off you know he needs to get off his ass he beats me like exactly. all that type of stuff exactly. it's it's normal problems like 
you're in a five-year relationship and someone's been depressed for four years and I could see someone having a, a trouble like figuring out how to if they want to stay in it do they want to get out of it Cause it is do they you know do they mess around and cheat like you hurt them right you know, it's not yeah. like you did anything to you know that warrants me like I, we got to let this go because yeah. you're, you're a terrible person it's like literally you had these ambitions you tried mm-hmm. but things aren't happening for you and it's like you're in this rut and you've gotten complacent yeah and now something just needs to change I like how they even touched on what you just said. It, while when they was arguing in the right aid, it was like we're not about to be that black couple arguing in the right aid right yeah. now. <laughs> and it was just like, damn. So they like almost gave you what I feel like in a lot of these when it comes to that uh, that structure of relationship. You know, when it comes to this black love, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, they just gave you that and they debunked it very fast. Yeah. And also gave you different versions of it with the supporting characters of. Um, Issa's like lying sister I think her name was Tiffany mm-hmm. and um, she was married to this guy and both of them were all you know they were, they were Greek mm-hmm. you know which shows this you know like this black elitism gauges you a little bit of within black elitism um, shows you the dynamic within their relationship how she you know was very very you know can't do anything without him and she's so like I, you know my man if my man won't mm-hmm. that my man mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and then you have you know off to the you know off to the right you have this friend who's single you know who's a voluptuous black woman who's funny who's witty as hell you know but also you know just has an opinion yeah (laughs) she has an opinion so it's like they gave you all these different dynamics and they don't like what i've seen other shows do with like that character Mm -hmm. um they don't make her right about everything like they don't make her like oh i'm single and i'm you know i'm more fuller body blah blah wear my hair natural so this is my representation of being correct on every point. I was like, I get it. You know, that's a group that definitely doesn't get as much love as, mm-hmm. as uh, they should. Um, but let's not just become, let's not embody that struggle into a static, boring character. Exactly. So they made her like do some things and say some things that were like not acceptable or funny. But, you know, it made it a more richer, like... I feel like they made people a... People have their flaws. People, everyone has their insecurities. Exactly. It wasn't just about Issa's insecurities. It was about everyone on the show. Very true. Yeah. And I'm glad they... I'm glad you said that because I felt like they didn't use her in a typical way. Mm-hmm. I feel like they used her in a way that's more suiting of people that are real. Yeah. It's like every, 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 you know what I'm saying, every... Every big woman, woman with some body on them, are not just you know, are not just precious. Yeah, they're not depressed. Yeah, not you know, self-loathing mm-hmm. and just I don't know. I they're, mean, they're I got, not, they're I got not skinny, all. I got yeah. skinny friends because I want to you know be skinny or whatever. Yeah, you know, they're not whatever. all not finding love or not. Yeah, you know, having, no. like this character, she was getting down. She was clearly. getting down. She was feisty. <laughs> yeah, she was she was flirty. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? She was witty. She was down for everything. She was snapping back. You know, she was put you know saying whatever, speaking her mind and all these different things and I'm like that's a lot of women I know mm-hmm. like that's more real than the depictions of women uh, this, oh I'm downtrodden I'm kind of playing a victim yeah and I have to keep I have to preach with everything I say yeah and so that's like, why that's why they're so yeah. righteous and it's kind of like yeah you can be righteous but it's like come on now like, right it, it just it's just not a good look and you're giving this kind of like very old Monique trope you know yeah. <laughs> like where you're yeah. just like you're this you know fuck skinny bitches mm-hmm. and y'all just the devil and Y'all need to give, you know, big women a little more love and whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, nah, she wasn't taking that stance. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter. I yeah. am who I am, what it is, what it is. It was never an intention to that, but I mm-hmm. love that that was how she was made up, too. Like, everything I kind of digested. Um, the main conflict in that was, you know, 
with Issa kind of going back and forth. And I love how they went, into, went in so far as to, you know, to put all these temptations within the, the show, mm-hmm. which is a very real thing. You see these different temptations. And I love, love, love relationships that show more realistic things that happen. You know, I feel like seeing the, you know, textbook, you know, He's, you know, cheating on it. He's cheating on a download. She's cheating on a download. They're unhappy for whatever reasons. Uh, the, the, the other people are just not paying attention to him, whatever, whatever. I feel I like how they built up why she had this void, why she kind of like had this. Uh, she caught this, you know, this itch that she had to scratch. What I felt like was a, was a genius line. What do you think about kind of how how they, they displayed their relationship and like? how it all came out in the wash. Mm-hmm. What do you think was, I guess, what were the good qualities and the bad qualities about them showing it? If there are any bad qualities about that. Uh, I think the good qualities are actually like her representation of what is a bad quality in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, is that lack of being able to communicate with each other. Exactly. So Issa's character, which I, I watched a, a Breakfast Club interview with Issa Rae, and she's like, I'm, her biggest regret was naming the main character after herself because mm-hmm. so many people think like this is her life, but it's yeah. just a story she's trying to tell. But So Issa's character, um, she just couldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. She couldn't say what was bothering her, and so she, she just broke up with a boyfriend and gave him no sort of no roadmap to try and figure out why and then when he started to do the right things which is say what I need to work on what I need to do I haven't seen you because he couldn't read her mind that pissed her off even more which I feel like that is a, such a true thing that I've seen That's happen so, so many times so I'm, so I'm glad she put it in the show because it shows that she's aware that maybe she's done that before maybe she's got girlfriends that have done that before and she's trying to show them like you could skip this bullshit step and just go straight at the problem and talk about it talk about it so i thought that was a good thing even though it was a representation of something i don't like to see people do Mm -hmm. um another point was on the other end though so when she was doing her infidelity stuff Mm -hmm. the communication there was actually pretty well like they were on up yeah. When, when that happened. Yeah, they're on up. Like, she's she's talking to the other dude. She's letting him know, like, hey, I got a boyfriend. I don't feel good about this. We should not, blah, blah, blah. And he did respectfully, I think, up until a certain point. <laughs> 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 up until a certain point where I feel like that's... I feel like he was responding to stimulus that was being given from Issa's character. Of course. I don't know if they would have got to that point of cheating had she not constantly kind of been hitting him up for different things and making it seem like she was interested in a way that she really wasn't Mm -hmm. and i don't know on the other side of things like what the intentions are with communications like that but it's i sure you could agree it's confusing as a guy to be like well this is a girl i've expressed interest in exactly multiple times exactly and she knows what i'm about and she's hitting me up Mm -hmm. out of nowhere Mm -hmm. i could only imagine that that's what her goal is too exactly because we've never completely Completely. She's never said no. Mm-hmm. She's just said, oh, no, not, not right now, or I've got a lot to work on, which yeah. makes it feel, feel like, oh, okay, I'll just be patient, or I'll let you work through your things, and then then I'll have my shot. Yeah. She never really shut him down, so I think that's what led to that. Which was, I feel like is, a, again, a bad thing that people really do, but a good part of the show to sort of show you, like, these things can be avoided. Yeah. yeah. And I think Daniel and Tasha in the show... I think they play a role that you that actually exists in a lot of people. People play that role a lot. Mm-hmm. When this, when you set your mind on someone, you really want them. You really want to 
get them, you know, to feel you what they feel, have them feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. So you go hard. You know, both of them, both of their characters played this very, very similar role in where Tasha was, you know, noticing these things that, you know, oh, so he's coming to cash his check. Mm -hmm. And from her perspective and from her vantage point, he's a good man. He trying to do, he trying to do a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You out here trying to work. You getting interviews. Mm -hmm. That's better than anything. Yeah. At least you ain't, you know, not doing nothing. Yeah. And she was just so attracted to him. Then she find out more about him, find out how intelligent he is and his credentials. And she's mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, I'm really on now. I, I, I'm, I really need to snatch this up. And he, Lawrence being in a position where he really, really is, went from this depressive state to, you know, winning his, his girl's love back and building that back. He's immediately, oh, no, it's cool. Like, both of them came at it like, you know, I got to. You know, I'm in a relationship. Yeah. You know, I'm in a relationship right mm -hmm. now. And then on Daniel's side, I think it was that, you know, I'm getting better with, you know, with uh, with Lawrence. But Issa was sitting there thinking like, well, damn, I kind of like still want to see him. I kind of still want to, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. But I thought what was interesting is that her major problem with Lawrence was that, you know, he wasn't going anywhere. He was mm -hmm. depressed. But like, where's Daniel going? Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Like, he... He's already he's already at where he was gonna be at. Mm -hmm. Working with not that good rappers mm -hmm. on and, songs and, as we and, saw. And maybe Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah, and maybe Ty Dolla Because <laughs> people say <laughs> shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I did something. You know how many uh, how many people I've met in Atlanta who told me they discovered Amigos? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's a it's real like, thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. We should work together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've met uh, a couple pretty well known Chicago rappers here. I produced too. Um, and it's the same deal. Like, mm -hmm. I, I could say that trying to sound cool, but I've not done anything with either of them. Exactly. You know, they don't, they've got enough people vying for their attention. Mm -hmm. So if, if that was my only hustle and like my direction would be pretty directionless until I got lucky, basically. Exactly. Until I made a relationship with someone to where they blew up and I could follow them. Yep. But that's a huge gamble. Mm hmm. Even more so of a gamble than starting your own business or starting your own app like Lawrence so was really, doing. So, so it was really. like, Really, this weird like so, Issa. What, what is it really? Mm -hmm. What is it really? That's the problem. What's the real issue with your with current that? boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Is it that you see him too much, or do you see him like? Do you need to not live together? Like, what is the deal? Right. So I, I feel like that was the thing that Lawrence's character was like. I don't get any support from her, or at least I don't feel like it. And mm -hmm. the Tasha character was like, man, she's saying everything I wish my girl would say. Yeah. And that's always that's always what it is. And even after. You know, the finale, which was hella finale. Oh, my Man. God. And I, I, I feel you on how you had to Google that. I didn't. Because I, I thought, from my perspective, I thought she came in. You had this music playing. Mm -hmm. You had all this going on. She's sitting here happy and excited, thinking that he in the bedroom. She go in there. See, why the hell did he have, why did it seem like everything in the damn house was his? It's yeah. like he cleared out the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took the damn, you know, pillow top or something. And literally, you look, he left his Best Buy shirt. It was very petty. It was very, like, oh, I loved it. very, like, petty thing. It was, it was great. It was, it was a good moment. <laughs> and I feel like that show, you know, I'm going to just leave yeah. the old me right here with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you hearing this moaning. This music stops. You're hearing this moaning. Cut. And I thought that it was a, almost kind of like a rewind. I yeah. thought it, it, the, the apartment that... 
that Tasha and Lawrence like they was having sex in looked like it was the exact same. So I'm sitting here like, Hold yeah, up. I thought did it was. He, did yeah. he fuck her in this bed? Me too. I, th- I, I thought what was about to happen is she was about to walk in. Like he planned her walking in on them getting down. And I was like, dang, that's that's, that's like not okay. That's <laughs> deep. Like I guess she cheated on you, but, but she also came and told you about it, like, which you gotta respect. I was like, damn, that's I don't know about that. But then it was the whole reveal of he cleaned out his stuff. Yeah. And, you know, in the same movement, yeah. hit up Tasha and was yeah. like, let's see where this goes. Yeah, he, he cleaned his stuff out and was like, hey, Tasha, I need somewhere to stay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I had to go back and rewatch it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Off the strength of, specifically for that scene. Yeah. Like, I got to know, was Brett in the same place? So I was like, yeah. looking everywhere else, yeah. if you can believe it. Like, hold on, let me see. Okay. So like, that's like, okay, the curtains. Okay. It's already aggressive to move your stuff out, but then for her to walk in and like smell sex would be like, damn. That would have been real. Yeah. Like, not see so it, real. but just smell it. Yeah. And it was just... <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, did somebody... Dude. Damn, baby. <laughs> what happened in right. here? They didn't even light a candle. But yeah. that's that's so, so real. And like, oh my God. That is crazy. Crazy. But I love the show. I can't mm. wait to see more and more and more happening. Yeah. Um, congrats to her. It's very, very well. Already for coming straight out the gate yeah. and already getting you know like was it i think she already got emmy nominations mm-hmm. um she already got some emmy nominations and everything and it's like damn she already in this thing she yeah. already in the mix and um i love I, I gotta say like i love the marketing too good, good on hbo and you know they're a big corporation but like they could have easily been like no this show is way too black sorry yeah yep. and they didn't do that yep. like for fx to do to do the same thing like yep. it's really nice to see television supporting things that aren't just white shows because everything that is great and has been quote unquote great forever has just mostly been white with like a sprinkle of color here or there sprinkle sprinkle and it's like i get it like the majority of the country are white people Mm -hmm. so the majority of the stories that would be told could be assumed would be based around white narrative but you've got millions of other people that aren't white that whose stories are just as important millions and let's let's jump to your your last kind of thing that you're watching and we can talk about a few other things yeah and that's westworld you Mm -hmm. know i'm glad we we brought in white people because white 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 people westworld one in the same (laughs) um another show that's on hbo is westworld for everyone who may be you know under a rock and it's uh getting a lot of attention you know reddit has blown up from you know rest world and so many theories and so many things are going on and people it has people's mind boggling on what's really happening and what's really going on and what's the secrets of this show um i personally have seen probably like two episodes and personally um um what, what i guess uh first struck me was like okay so looks like somebody literally wrote this show to be a show where they literally created a way for people with money to do absolutely any damn thing they want and to be able to kill steal fuck suck anything they actually choose without any repercussions because all the people they're doing it to aren't even real people and it's like damn like like immediately i'm sitting there thinking like very very wealthy people already kill people are you know either directly or indirectly Mm -hmm. uh very wealthy people already do what they want eat what they want drink Mm -hmm. when they want have sex with who they want that is already a thing so honestly if i continue to watch the show i really want to know if there's any anything kind of like answering that question for me like what was the purpose of creating this i'm assuming solely for the the company Mm -hmm. you know making money but 
why did, was that so desirable mm-hmm. to all these people? But I guess it's kind of like an exclusivity thing. But that, you tell me what you think because you've you've seen yeah, I've seen most of it. Of it. Um, yeah. It's funny that you brought that up because I had actually not made that connection. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very the first synapses in my brain just going like oh yeah that's that's a that's a true comparison i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know where it's going i haven't seen anything that i think directly speaks to that piece of it they're little like easter eggs if you will where of they course. talk about like how much it costs to be in the park a day i think it's like 30 to forty thousand dollars a day um it's it's clearly a like they they clearly make it known that it's very wealthy people that are visiting to like indulge in this very consequential or inconsequential way whether you know get away with whatever Mm -hmm. but at the same time it doesn't really go to that place of why this needs to exist beyond the world that they already live in Mm -hmm. um i would guess that it's maybe like the lawlessness of it is it's west world so it's kind of set in this fictitious out west sort of place where the laws didn't exist in the first place you know, until the federal government caught up to the rest of the United States. So I, yeah, I would guess that it's trying to get it like, okay, you're rich. You can clearly do whatever you want in the real world to an extent. Like mm-hmm. even Bernie Madoff got caught. You know, even people that do Ponzi schemes get caught eventually. Exactly. They might not get the consequence you feel like is deserved, deserved but they'll still get something. Mm-hmm. Like in the West world though, you could do like, you can do you can rape and pillage and you know buy prostitutes and etc and just go murder a village and nothing happens you know there's not even a court case it's not even a news story it's just like you did that to get some stress off you know press the reset button and start over it's kind of like living a video game i Mm -hmm. guess like if gta was allowed to be a thing yes um so I, i guess that's where they're going but there's been no clear demarcation of that to me in mm-hmm. terms of the story that's being told, it seems like it's going a little bit more of a philosophical mm-hmm. place and less of a like parallel to the real world. That, and that, that would make more sense yeah. in the sense of especially uh, kind of like longevity for the show. Yeah, I think they'll eventually get to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's such a slow burning show. I would I doubt it's going to happen where they say a big statement about it before the end of the season. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I definitely think um, I'm gonna, you know, check out a few yeah. more episodes to really Especially see what's going on. Now that I see sort of how it's structured with mm-hmm. like, who is, who is this one group and who is this other group in terms of like, I don't want to give too much away, but there's like basically the host and the guest. The host and the guest. Mm-hmm. Who is a host actually, and who is a guest, and who is an admin? Basically, the the show plays a lot of games with who those people are, mm-hmm. and the point where I'm at, I sort of realized there's like. There are two sort of camps. There's a man and a woman on both sides of being hosts that you didn't necessarily recognize are hosts in the way mm. that you thought they were going to be. So that's... Because that's, of the storyline. Yeah, because of the storyline. And the way that that's set up is actually pretty balanced in terms of diversity. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check it out because it, it seems like it's one of those, you know, very, you know, uh, mental thrillers, yeah. you know, of sorts. But let's dive into the larger screen of Mm -hmm. things so it's been a very very interesting year for just film as a whole Mm -hmm. um really uh tell me like what have been some of the films that you've like been like so so glad to see within 2016 you know it's funny um as much as i'm i like to call myself like passionate about 
visual arts and, and visual storytelling. I like to also call myself the worst film major of all time <laughs> <laughs> because I don't like I don't always see the films I'm supposed to see. Mm-hmm. Like I rarely see what's nominated for the Oscars when they come out. And mm-hmm. all, like I kind of find movies when I find them. Um, so this year, the ones that are really sticking out to me are, are sort of the ones that I've recently seen. Like saw Moonlight recently, uh, Rogue One. Me as well. I saw Rogue One. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen in the year. Like if you could roll I've back seen, some of what's come out. Um, this year, mm-hmm. it's been a lot, and it's crazy because I, I didn't imagine myself to see. Okay, I see yeah. a large part of these, like Civil War came out. I this saw, year. yeah, okay. Rogue One, of course. Now I'm remembering, Deadpool, yeah. Suicide Squad. It was a large There's year a for lot. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the Ghostbusters uh, reboot came out. Okay. Hail Caesar with uh, George Clooney came out. Um, Arrival, which is I believe is still in theaters. I haven't seen it yet. The adaptation of Jungle Book, mm-hmm. which was bomb. Yeah. And I know they came out this year. They really put they that did out a lot. pretty fast. Yeah. Was, uh, Star Trek, La La Land, mm-hmm. beginning a lot, a I lot of buzz. I did see Doctor Strange. I did see Finding Dory. Doctor Strange, uh, X Men Apocalypse, which is kind of a continuation mm-hmm. to like the you know days, like that whole storyline. Yeah. They put another part of like fucking Alice in Wonderland. Like you needed another one of those. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, in this in this day, like sequel of sorts. Mm-hmm. No Will Smith. No Will Smith. It's probably a good continuation. Move, Several different, you know, animated films that kind of got a lot of attention, like Sausage, uh, Sausage Party, and ah, things like yeah. that. Uh, and like BFG got a lot of uh, attention uh-huh. too. Um, Moonlight, which we spoke of, Tarzan, which I was not going to go see, Moana, which was real, real hot. A lot of people really spoke very heavily gotcha. on that. The third, I think, the third part of uh, the Divergent series. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a year. Something with Tom Hanks, yeah. Zoolander Two, The Purge, Election mm-hmm. Year. Another fucking Ice Age movie. I didn't even remember that. Are one. there like five now? It's too many. The Fantastic Beast, another Jason Bourne film, Angry Birds, another. Oh, goodness. It was yeah. like several different animated films that were really hot. Um, Assassin's Creed, I believe, may have just came out last week. Okay. Neighbors Two, The Magnificent Seven with an All Star cast, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it looks like The Huntsman in the Shallows. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. And it was a. It was a lot. It was a hell of a lot. Okay. And um. But let's talk about, you know, some of the ones I feel like yeah. are really the ones everyone's really talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Civil War was already one that people was like yeah. already knew was going to be great. Uh, DC, I think they're just really making a lot of the wrong choices. <laughs> they're playing catch up in the like strong way. Yeah. And I think that's why they're literally just putting out whatever the hell comes to mind. And they have the money too. And like, I literally just looked up, uh, like looked up, um, how much money these films made and it was kind of ridiculous to find out like these they were getting like you know probably like 185 million and they you know actually made it they actually did make profit on it and it was just like yeah. a lot of it has to do with that like everyone going to see it because they want to know they don't want to miss it people want to know good. the story yes and want to know the story even if minimum, they don't like it even if they don't like it they have to oh i'm a batman fan so i have to go yes see this even though it's gonna even though if you got like a 12 on rotten tomatoes it, yes so yeah but let's talk about the ones that we know were, were yeah. great um the most recent film that i've just seen was rogue one okay yeah, um, me too and um i seen it last i seen it last friday 
and it was very very interesting i thought it was a great piece i thought it was um, i'm real big on um i was studying marketing in school and i'm real big on paying attention to how they market films and the way that they kind of the strategy they use and also the intensity and frequency of you seeing it yeah because it's real easy to you know not even try to know that a movie is out Mm -hmm. and always is in your face yeah uh you have to like there's a you know a high high you know priority and low priority. Mm-hmm. Rogue One you could tell was a interesting priority. They definitely wanted you to know that this was a movie that was coming out, but also I felt like this kind of like drawback in comparison to Force Awakens, which came out last year. Force Awakens was heavy. It was so heavy. You knew about it about six months before it came out. We knew about this film fairly early, but there was like not kind of like a slow mm-hmm. build up into the film. It was like, yeah, we're coming out with another movie, y'all. Okay, look out. Mm-hmm. Months passed. It was just real silence. Then there's promotion coming up a few months before it comes out. Okay, go see it type of thing. Yeah. And um, I th- I've like read and trying to figure out why. And I've read so many different things and reading things from the people who were on that crew. And they were saying that they really wanted to separate mm-hmm. uh, Rogue One from the yeah. episode one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. They really didn't want people to see this as a prequel and like it to be seen as like, because the prequels are such a you know you know people have their thoughts about them yeah people, a lot of people believe yeah. they were terrible so yeah. they didn't want that to be a connection mm-hmm. they didn't want you to think this is like three and a half or episode four right like the lion king exactly you know what i'm saying so <laughs> yeah. see this for what it is it's rogue one mm-hmm. how'd you feel about it i thought it was good i i will say like the pri- like when you bring up the priority of how it was marketed i felt like it was adequately like done mm-hmm. like it felt kind of like a middle of the road. Like, here's another film to tie you over before we give you the next part yeah, yeah. of uh, the Finn and Ray story. But also, like, this is this is kind of disposable in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, not in a bad way, but like, it's confectionery like your favorite candy. Like, mm-hmm. you ate it; it was great. And once you finish that last bite, it's gone. And like, yeah, you maybe you you'll buy another one. You watch it again, but you're not gonna go. You know, pit, you know voyaging to go find this candy again like if it's mm-hmm. there you'll eat it sort of that's how it felt like it's a movie very true um especially how disposable all the characters were considering that everybody dies spoiler alert <laughs> very true very true very true i thought I, I did not did not did not did not think that i think i didn't definitely didn't come across that before i watched because yeah i think it came out a few days like a week before i even went and seen it so it was yeah. like I definitely probably could have seen it on a review or something that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, and it makes sense, right? It does. It's the prequel to A New Hope, and you don't you haven't you haven't seen any of these characters. Yeah, you've never seen these characters in before, any other movie. and you'll never see them again. You'll never see them again. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting. Um, I've read that the inspiration for this whole damn film was literally off of like the first. The kind of like the crawl up of words within the first passage mm-hmm. of them saying you a know, turbulent time or something like that um essentially it was uh i think the of new hope and it was essentially saying a group of rebels got uh-huh. the plan, got the plans to right. the, to the death star the how death did machine, they do that blah 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 so that right there literally spawned this creation mm-hmm. and this you know adaptation of this part of the, the story yeah. i think it's really cool um to, to sort of speak to that piece of diversity with mm-hmm. like We've got two brand new Star Wars films in the mm-hmm. last two years. Yeah. Considering who the hero has been of the last, like, six, I would say. Um, they've all been male characters, if Very. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. These first two are coming out the gates. Strong, heavy, powerful women. Mm-hmm. Finn, 
incredibly like who is she but oh, like Ray. Uh, sorry yeah not yeah Ray mm-hmm. Ray incredibly like who is she but Finn what a sidekick like hell yeah and like more so than your typical black sidekick like he's clearly going to be one of the main characters exactly it's very obvious he, you can tell he's like stepping into that Han Solo yeah. place where he's like you know he's not a Jedi but he's definitely very very lucky mm-hmm. very brave yeah you know he may be a jedi though they kept yeah, teasing that they, they definitely did they definitely did yeah. and i was just talking to somebody about that and if he is that'd be dope that'd be, i'll be with right <laughs> let us find out he's like secretly mace windows like love child or right. something for real though they took him from him and some shit you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that'll be some shit to figure out but I, I did i did enjoy the film i do believe what you said about you know that main character i feel like she was a lot more outstanding, not just because of her being the main character, yeah. but just because of just her performance mm-hmm. um, and her just kind of like getting with getting with the show, and um, and every like the other guy, like well, I forgot his name, yeah. the other guy, but the, he was the very, pilot, right? The pilot, he was very forgettable for me. Yeah, like it was like, bro, you kind of like you damn near in the way, but thank you for saving yeah. me, type of thing. It, it, he was and, like. Pilot or plot device? <laughs> yeah, like Lily, are you just the one to kind of like move keep it the story along, going? Yeah. Because Lily, I feel like if it was her and she met the uh, the blind dude, yeah, or the if she robot. met the blind dude and the robot and the other guy who was with the blind dude, I think I still could have yeah. felt the movie and seen this happening. One thing I would have liked a little bit more from the movie would have been uh, building that relationship between uh, her character. I wish I knew the actress's name um, oh. and uh, Forrest Whitaker his character yes that that was kind of sour it was, it was like, that was very you see very, the beginning and how it starts and you're like okay and felicity then jones okay. is her name felicity jones her, her name was jen urso on the film. yeah so, so jen urso and what i do not know for his name was hard uh, to keep up i think it was um i think it was saw saw guerrero yeah yeah, Saw Gerrera. Uh The two of them have a special relationship in the film that I feel like we didn't get to investigate yeah. enough yeah. to really make the rest of the film feel solid. And or feel for him dying. Yeah, like, yeah. It he, was kind of like he, he died, died and I was like, cool, I guess. I guess. <laughs> it doesn't matter, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or figure out like, bro, I got... He, and, there, and there's clearly no a rift between them at some point. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't see eye to eye with him and like, like why did you leave me he she, said, she kind of you. arrested her at some point and i was mm-hmm. like well, where did that build like we didn't get any of that yeah it was, it was for it to be a prequel it's like we, we've got nothing but time you might as well you really you really you really don't have nothing but time yeah. and you know but i think they sque- they squeezed so much into a two-hour film that yeah. it was like give me, they had to do what you gotta give do. me 220 yeah give me 220 and give me that backstory yeah just give me a little bit of backstory you gave yeah. me you gave me uh, you know a whole chunk of a lot of other stuff Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Just because of the length, I didn't want to, you know, drag it on too long. So definitely click that next and listen to the second part of this episode, Silver Screens and Black Faces, featuring Ian Williams. Check it out. Even though I make mistakes.